Welcome again, everybody, to the Tag You're It podcast, and man, I've missed it, but I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave, man, and I apologize right off the get-go if my voice is a little bit scratchy. Adam and I have noticed that for some reason my voice has been giving me a few little problems today. I don't know why. It better not um, be that COVID. I'm sure it's not. I, I can't <laughs> imagine that it is. Uh, at least I really hope not that would be bad, but uh, I'd also probably not be all that bad. But uh, man, I'm glad to be here. So here's the deal. Just want to give you a bit of a heads up. We are going to be having a few weeks off. Um, yeah. I will be on my vacation next Monday. The Monday after that, Adam will be speaking at a youth camp yeah but still uh, yeah yeah that that's still an idea anyway um hasn't been uh okay officially confirmed anyway but yeah there is an opportunity so if you guys uh, could pray uh for me and that um that i there's a friend of mine that's a youth pastor and since the camps have been closed because of all this stuff he's actually taken his youth group to windermere and uh sort of having a kind of becoming a camp director for his youth kids and he's invited me to come and speak a couple nights um, with them on apologetics. So I was going to take what I did at SBU with the whole, uh, just the great commission, um, apologetic kind of a thing, yeah. the, the great commission presupposition, um, of apologetics and, uh, take that and bring it down to youth aged kids anyway. So it'll be a great learning yeah. experience for me and whatnot, but I'd like it to happen, but yeah. I hope that it will happen. Pray that it will yeah. happen. And if it and does happen, yes. it'll be on here because I know that we've had in the past a lot of podcasts about apologetics and youth ministry. We've had Jason Grubbs and uh, trying to think who else we had on there. But yeah, we've talked about uh, apologetics and youth and stuff like that. So this will give uh, me an opportunity to be able to practice what I preach <laughs> and and uh, do that. And uh, So uh, pray for that to happen. And then if it does happen, pray for the kids and pray for me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 20th, I will be in surgery. Um, and so I won't be here. And uh, maybe Adam will do a solo show or maybe we'll have some guests come we'll in figure. too. There's, there's a possibility of that. Um, still haven't got everything lined up. But for sure, the plan is on the 27th, we will do a program. We've already got a topic for it. It'll be miracles. And so it should be a lot of fun when we go about doing that. Um, but with that said, uh, Today, we've got a great show lined up for you. I yeah. think we've got some great topics. We're going to just kind of jump right into those things, I think. That's probably the best yeah, way we to do can, it. Yeah, because uh, with mean, what we have, we could we could go um, on for a couple of episodes oh anyway. But yeah, we're just gonna, we're going to try to keep this to I, one anyway. But I, yeah, just for... I almost want to start with... Yeah. I almost want to... I don't want to mess up our, our, our what we lined <laughs> out, but I kind of want to start with our conversation that we had on the phone because it's a little bit more exciting in a way uh yeah. i mean maybe it, what, are you okay to, yeah, to switch so, yeah, and do that because i just yeah. think that's kind of a fun little way to get going <laughs> yeah so if you're in a live land anyway uh right now you uh, if you remember watching us a few weeks ago we had colton right on a uh, brand new uh, missouri baptist apologetics network member and we talked about his experience uh with the jehovah's witness so apparently and it's not just it wasn't just colton right it was a lot of them and i said i hadn't been a hit up by this guy yet well what happens uh, about maybe 20 minutes before dave shows up today (laughs) 
Um, anyway, but yeah, if, if you haven't uh, heard that story, it's actually going to be uploaded tomorrow. So this is for the live land listeners, for you podcast listeners. This was a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is the way that we've been having to do things, um, give you guys content. Um, and we've been sort of st- hanging back on some Mondays to spend time with our families and, you know, surgeries and, and uh, all that kind of stuff that have been going on. So we've been hit on all angles. So that's what's been going on. Uh, but anyway, we finally, um, or at least I finally got hit up by uh, Nelson, the, uh, I guess that we can say the, the angry Jehovah witness. The, yeah. The yeah. infamous Jehovah witness interlocutor um, to the Missouri Baptist apologetics yeah. network. So, so what he's basically been doing is yeah. going down the Missouri Baptist apologetics network page and calling everybody. He hit Adam today. Finally got hit As today. I walked in the door, yeah, so he I'm was like, like... I had my phone up to my ear and then let Dave in. And uh, I, I was like, so I was, I was like, while he was talking, I'm like, it's Nelson. Yeah. And he's like, what? I was like, it's Nelson. It's like, put it on speakerphone, man. Guy. And so I ended up turning it on speaker and stuff when we got up here. And uh, so we had a good discussion so with him. Yeah. What was it that he began with? Like, kind of give us a, a heads up because I didn't even get to hear everything how he, because the way he opened up with me was he went to John 3 16. I was like, oh man. Yeah, dude, we this were, is, we yeah. were already in the heat of the argument anyway, but he really wanted to discuss the ontological trinity. Um, and just, you can't divorce um persons from being and all that kind of stuff and i agreed i mean person and being but then again what we got to talk about is how they are distinct they're distinct categories to talk about but how they fit together and you can't you can't divorce them so i agree that but we've got to take the text as what it says and and deal with the ontological side and the economical side because that's, that's right. how we know god we know god economically um about his ontology yes, so right. but we can make a distinguishing mark between the two um but yeah they're they're related you know kind of things and so he was just saying that um he basically the act the question was if you believe jesus is god then jesus is all three pe- persons of the trinity and it's just a bad question yeah of course it is because so. it has his underlying presuppositions which mm-hmm. is exactly what when i stepped into the conversation you guys were in genesis chapter one Verse 27. And so uh, essentially what he kept doing was he kept saying, uh, when we go to Genesis 127, he said, look, it just says God made man. Uh, That's God singularly. And I said, well, basically, brother, like, can you not see in verse 27? It says, let us us make man. So we know from further revelation that it's actually specifically talking about, I believe, all all of the the triune agents of God uh, are active in creation in a different way. Mm. And I believe that's a scriptural position on that, right? Yeah. Um, very, very realistic. And uh, he just would not let that go. He wanted to look at one passage, one thing, and just try to hammer it in over and over and over again. And I just kept saying, brother, like, you obviously... My next question to him was, well, according to the text, according to... Genesis chapter one. What do we know about God? What do we know? Who is there in creation? If it says us, we both agree it says us. Mm. Who is there? Us indicates plural persons, right? Who is us? He would not give me the answer. Obviously, Genesis chapter one, verse two says the spirit of God was descending above the water. Uh, I wanted to get a actual recognition that the spirit of God was there. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. He refused to do that. So then the next thing we did, at least for me was I said, you know, go with me to John chapter 17, 
John chapter 17, verse 5. Well, he didn't want to go to 17, verse 5. He wanted to hammer in on Jan 17, verse 1. Yeah. And I was like, brother, you, you can't just, uh, again, he would interrupt. He would be extremely rude in like yeah. raising his voice. And I was like, man, I, I, I want to deal with John 17, 3, but you gave me this opportunity right to initiate conversation about the doctrine of the trinity we're going to go to john 17 5 this is where i want to go because i think this is an important thing well he wouldn't let yeah. you go there yeah and i mean i was talking about you know how god said he wouldn't share his glory with another and then he was like well he shares his glory with the disciples and i was just like <laughs> well then we're talking about two different glories <gasps> there's more than one glory i'm like yeah and i mean when you get back to creation then you can go back to genesis and talk about how god made the everything the stars the sun the moon the world people animals all that stuff and it was good right um there's a glory that is and i mean i think we i think we ended up hitting on a verse that if we kept on going it was talking yeah. about uh like so we, heavenly glories and he earthly tried glories. to jump and so, to first corinthians yeah, so 15 where, so this is i mean when you get in the discussion he wasn't wanting something to be flattened even though i wasn't flattening but he was accusing me of flattening something but then here's where he's flattening something and not allowing for distinctions and and so you know it just gets really confusing whenever you know he's not really wanting to uh do anything but have a, a intellectual wrestling match and so that's why and you know that the that big, yeah. is when we said yeah we would love for you to come on yeah. the program yeah and have a timed formatted intellectual and academic debate yeah and before before dave even showed up i said hey i know that you've like because like when he called and he asked me questions um he i i was like so is this nelson and he's like <laughs> yeah i was like okay well i've heard about you from you know you've been calling all of us on the network and i've heard that you've been rude to like my fellow brothers and stuff like that so you know before i even talk we need to get rid of any sort of vitriol or anything like that and you know, I was just trying to like that, and I was just like, "How about this?" And you've already, you know, like you've already said that nobody's answered you. So why are you expecting me to answer you for one? Um, and since you've only been calling people um, one on one, how about since we and have a podcast? He, and yeah. he blocks his number. Yeah, so it's yeah. an unknown number. So yeah, it, it came in. I forgot what it. it uh, Mine what, said no ID. No ID. Uh, yeah. Same same sort of thing that I got on my phone. Unknown or um whatever pops up anyway so you so he does that and so i was like well hey how about you know since you called the guy with the podcast you know yeah. we, let's have a public on the day debate. that we and have like, the podcast and, he, and then he ends up just going well i'm not going to debate you because you're not qualified to debate me and i just went well that's ad hominem <laughs> so apparently you're not qualified to debate because you don't know logic because you well and he was like what i don't and i was like well you don't know me and you're already telling me that we're unqualified that I'm unqualified. And it's like, well, I know you enough just by how you're answering me right now. So, I mean, he's, he's coming in with that vitriol. So he has been invited by me. Then Dave shows up and we were talking to him. He's been invited by Dave and he he's not really he's, ticked yeah, when, so. yeah. When I tried to, because what he kept trying to do is go back to biblical languages, which is fine. I'm happy to do that. Uh, and I'll admit I don't read Hebrew and uh, my Koine Greek is always in a developing state. Uh, yeah. I've only taken one class and uh, I didn't do real well. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not, but I was like, all right, brother, if you're going to start talking translation, like then you need to translate. Like yeah. I don't want to hear 
what the New World Translation says. If you're going to start talking translation, then read to me in Hebrew what this says. Yeah. Well, so every time you would try, I mean, essentially it was catching him in the reality that he was uninformed or getting him to admit his own ignorance on something. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of uh, like James White's story <clears throat> where, you know, he was, James White was making the Greek claims and there was the Jehovah's Witness that pulled out a piece of paper from his pocket and said, translate this. And yeah. James White was the only one able to because James um, teaches yeah. Greek. Yeah. You know, so he he's a professor in Greek and he the guy was like, Oh, I have never had anybody able to translate this, which, you know, gave yeah. more credence to James to you know, to the Jehovah's Witness that he's talking about. Um, but then we got to reverse the role. Okay, go for it. Translate it for you know, us. and that's whenever things well, got quiet that's and that's when whenever a lot more vitriol come, he got came real up. Angry. You know? And then the um, other thing was when he guided us to a text that actually undermined his position yeah. in 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 41, yeah. talking about yeah. different types of glory, he got angry and wouldn't mess yeah. with us. And in fact, yeah. that's actually when he hung up on us. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was at the very end there. He was definitely trying to get us to hang up on him. And he ended up just hanging up on us. You know, we tried to hang in there. But yeah, so... Yeah, so we will that. share this yeah. podcast with um with you nelson and uh we'll share yeah. with you the live link and again and we, we want to love to have you your- on here like over the phone or i don't know where you're from but you're welcome in my home yeah. to come in and discuss with us without the vitriol i think if we were all in a room together yeah of i think course. that would definitely keep that well down that was we, one key yeah, adam and, yeah. and actually this was to me the greatest lesson from the interaction and uh, and I would say the most important thing that happened in that discussion was you said, what is the end game here? Yeah. It's like, what, what are what you, you trying want? to accomplish? Yeah. I asked him like, you know, what are you trying to win me over to? And, and he, he couldn't he articulate that. Yeah, he didn't say, well, you have like to where I would tell him, I want to, I want to win you to the right Jesus. You've got the wrong Jesus. If you don't have the right Jesus, then there is no salvation in that Jesus. And uh, that would be my answer. But his, he went off on some sort of diatribe about something else and not like, like he was concerned with me. So what he was actually interested in was, again, that intellectual wrestling match. He wanted to just try to beat me up versus actually reconcile. And that is being uh, not biblically, you know, apologetic at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he didn't want to win. He wanted me to win it. When he wanted to win me over to him to say, "All right, you're, you're right. You're okay, so smart. I'm your disciple you're right. now." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, was so. a good. That was a good way. So I liked that. T- I I thought that was a cool story. Yeah. To so begin Travis Serenic, so. uh, if he hasn't talked to you, I'm hoping <laughs> we can <laughs> we can get him on you too. Because like again, Travis is a very patient fellow. Yeah. And uh, maybe there's going to be one of us that um, can calm him down. Yeah, I think that Travis would handle them really well. Yeah. And I just like uh Chris Bass did, you know, sit down and be like, All right, let's hammer it out, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I tried. Yeah. He just he didn't give me any mo- any moments notice to be like, let's settle down and stuff and then Man, yeah, he it kept was just getting mockery. really animated and angry. Mm-hmm. And we would stop and just let him, you know, and I'll, in his defense, I will say one thing. He did not know that he was stepping into being tag teamed. And I do think yeah. that that was frustrating, yeah. but good. Yeah. Actually, it's good because I was here. Well, he called me Christian. out of the blue. Exactly. And there's a day where we have this going on. So, you know, it wasn't my fault that you showed up whenever he was talking and, you know, that's just what happens and what we had to deal with and, and everything. But, you know, 
why yeah. not include you if he's going to be, you know, that much vitriol against me? That's and right. That, you know, so I was just like, well, let's have some fun and and see if we can find a point. But there's just no point to where we could have gone no, anywhere. And, and so. again, my challenge would be, you know, uh, if he were to listen, I would say, brother, I'm extremely disappointed when I ask you to explain to me your position that you argued from in First Corinthians fifteen thirty five to forty one. Like, why did you? Why would you not work through the text when I was honestly, sincerely trying to hear you? Yeah, and and I had proven multiple times that's what I, I was wanting to hear him, but he would not give you an opportunity to respond. It was it was yeah. very disappointing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it ended up going so far from the where it oh started gosh, about dude. the ontological trinity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So that was uh, point number one in our show tonight, <laughs> the little chit chat and stuff. But yeah, so if uh, you know, if there's anybody out there that knows this Nelson guy, you know, just uh, I don't know. All I can say is talk to him and you or, know, let's be serious. Yeah, or if you're a network member, we'd kind of like to hear about how your interactions with him went. I think yeah. that would all be just like we heard from Colton. Colton yeah. Colton's went really well. So yeah, yeah. So a few so, weeks ago, we had uh, Carlos Smith on. He mm-hmm. is a pastor uh, at the Journey Church in St. Louis. Um, he was speaking, I want to say it was at the start of the month or what, yeah, would have been about the start of the month or the end of, of May. And we had him come on and um, the conversation was good. Obviously, um, Mr. Smith has a few different positions than we do, uh, but we felt like it was, for the most part, a pretty good and pretty productive discussion. But we did have something brought to our attention, both during the show, I think both Adam and I caught it, but specifically after the program, we had a comment from one of our uh, normal view- normal listeners and viewers yeah. about uh, a few particular elements within that discussion. And we wanted to make sure that we clarified some things because I think it's important that we actually distinguish our difference from Mr. Smith yeah. um, because I think the way that we view this issue, again, is slightly different and that difference becomes really big based upon this issue here so adam's gonna yeah, let me pull see up the uh yeah, the so sound we, on it yeah so, so we just uh you know i want to thank uh matt um so this is on my pod our Podbean account or whatever um since people are can follow us on Podbean now and uh they can actually interact on Podbean with us um he says um that uh when the bible speaks of nations or gentiles it's not an ethnic difference uh, Genesis nine through eleven. It's a difference of family and language. Uh, so while there are racists in this country, no systemat- There is no systematic racism. Focusing on skin tone distracts the church from the gospel of Jesus. Um, so uh, we take that. I listen to that, you know, and I I saw you know some more on that comment, and I was just like, oh. well, definitely, I was going there. Um, and, um, but here, here's one thing that we need to do in this discussion that, you know, a lot of people aren't, um, this is a long game discussion, mm. but what's happening on the other side is they're, they're seeing something and they immediately react and it turns into burning down buildings. Right. And so what we need to do as Christians is sit back and listen and be again, quick to listen, slow to speak and all this. And so even uh, amongst ourselves, you know, the, Pastor Smith is a brother in Christ. Right. And I believe he is a brother in Christ, even if he is, even though I would say that there is an issue that we do need to talk about since he proclaims Jesus Christ. I, you know, we have to discuss and we have to definitely be more diligent with each other as 
brothers in Christ. So this is a long game discussion. So when we put something out there and if it, you know, we haven't been able to have time to immediately get to it and it's hung in the air and all that kind of stuff. You know, I felt the weight of like, man, I really don't want this to hang out in the air because we're getting, we're listening to the answer um, to my question here and going like, man, when, (laughs) you know, when we got done with it, I'm like, well, we needed to address that because it is a difference. Um, And so this becomes a interbrother debate here. Um, I don't even know if debate, issue, but, an, but yeah. inter- debate, uh, an inner brother discussion, yeah. certainly. And yeah. I think it's certainly worth our time yeah. and uh, certainly worth our energy because specifically with the splits that we see within the Southern Baptist Convention, the way that we see intersectionality and critical race theory being played out, is it's certainly troubling. Um, and it's certainly something that we're not going to it's not going to disappear. Um, it's yeah. something that we're as a convention going to have to wrestle with and have to clarify and have to, um, unify yeah. in what is right and what is yeah. again, and, and primarily how we, yeah, and how we led get to by the scripture. Heart of this issue yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I'd asked, uh, pastor Smith a question, um, since we're coming out of like, you know, him saying that, uh, whenever we think about terms, um, like I think it was justice and re- racial yep. reconciliation. Exactly My question sort of derailed <laughs> the the whole thing, but you know, he said that you know we have to take them their God's terms, so we have to look at them biblically. And so here's kind of where I see where there's an inconsistency in him because he does say whenever we think about these things, we need to think about them in God's terms, not our terms. And you can kind of hear where he's struggling, mm. um, where a lot of people are struggling, and I get the struggle. Yeah, because it is something that we have used language so much that it's ingrained in us that we we want to try to fight because we really want to keep some language, we want to keep some terms and some concepts, you know, because of well, idealism really um, is is the problem that's been in us. But uh, let's listen um, to my question and his answer, and then we'll get to it. Uh, and so, I think justice we have to see it in terms of of being impartial and and, and doing. Doing what is right, doing what is fair, um, regardless of race, ethnicity, or creed of color. Um, does that does that make sense? I want to. Well, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That's uh, exactly where we are, and I mean to play off that mm-hmm. um, is the fact. You know, what do you see in your congregation when they use that term? Are you seeing mm-hmm. um, like in the congregation, and then like kind of because uh, biblically there there's only two distinctions between people, and that's those. That's and a key Adam piece and those right there. Yeah. So that is the key. Yeah. separating point. Yeah, we so are, you know, if if things are God's terms, then again, uh, whenever we see that the, the only division is either you're an Adam or in Christ. I mean, he says he on a macro level he agrees. So totally cool there. Um, and, but it's what comes out after that. So, but we have to realize what what is the Bible's distinction? That's right. Of people, if everything is supposed to be taken and should we yeah. be divided according to racial categories yeah should we accept and I think, yeah and should we accept how man ca- has categorized himself that's right and that's that's where i find the problem is um if you have accepted a label from man as your primary yeah, labeling yeah. mechanism yeah yeah like that's a key piece there Obviously, we have people who are Kansans. We have people who are Missourians, right? Those are categorical differences that yeah. we would recognize a reality exists. But what we're talking about is primarily and most importantly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. So whenever you think about those in Christ that are in your congregation, um, are they utilized? Do you see multiple definitions? And the other thing is the other distinction here. And I think this is something we did in our community group was, you know, drawing the, drawing the grid. Um, we're talking about in Christ, those in the church. We're not talking about the outside world here. We're talking about how the, what is the definition of justice in the congregation of people who profess Jesus Christ as Lord. So this is only for those who are in Christ not in Adam justice um, and justice that would maybe align with the, those in Adam that have a degraded uh, definition of justice. Well, um, let me, let me, let me, um, let, let me, um, let me, let me address something you said, because I yeah. think it's important to address it. So um, I would say at a macro level, um, I do agree with you that, um, that, um, there's, you know, the in Adam and or uh, the distinction between in Adam or or in Christ, as, as far as particularly if you're if you're talking, um, you know, Pauline usage there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's a very real sense um, if we're going to use and read Paul holistically. He reminds Gentiles that they're Gentiles all the time. Uh, he, he doesn't yeah. mind. He doesn't mind letting them know, hey, you Gentiles, you yeah. know, yeah. remember, you know, you Gentiles, you Jews. I mean, he he has no issue. You know, he. T- I mean, Romans, you know, nine through eleven. Hey, don't boast against the root, you Gentiles. Don't boast against your Jewish brothers and sisters. And so, I think we have to be very careful um, with. Uh, so, yes, in, in a sense that that's true, but I think we always have to hold on to the fact that the Bible calls us in Christ and yet recognizes um, our backgrounds, our diversity. Yes, and so you know, the Bible does recognize our diversity, but. Where are we going to get our terms? Where are we going to get our definitions and our understanding of reality the way it should be? And then contrast that with the wickedness that has infested the world. And so what we need to understand is right here is he's sort of in this mode of trying to equivocate, like say it white and black with Jew and Gentile, where the Jews would have probably multi languages. Within, within the camp of Jews, well, the Gentiles certainly would, or like you know, be, oh yeah, definitely the <laughs> Gentiles would have you know many different colors and and, and um, lands or just whatever sort of definitional you know what man would would do. Um, but the thing is, the problem is that's happening here with this is that this is covenantal language, so it is okay to address a Jew as a Jew. Because why was it, you know, I think Paul says, you know, what what is good about being a Jew? Well, no, you were given the oracles of God. That's right. You were given the covenants. You were a chosen people. You were a nation that was God's. Compared to all the nations surrounding, God did wonders and works, and you have history. And then whenever you address Gentiles, it's like, you didn't have any of this, and now you're brought in. Amen, right? That's That's the kind of how you how you uh, address the differences, um, but it's not the same as saying white versus black or, or whatever color or whatever, um, say, state or country or whatever distinction you but want to see, make between here people. Is the so, distinctive so you can't equivocate. Difference. Yeah. And here's where it becomes a serious issue in my mind. Again, I'm sorry that my voice is a little scratchy today. I don't yeah. know what the deal is. I guess, you know, I did preach twice yesterday, so that, oh, yeah. that does do something. <laughs> Right. So here's the thing that I find uh, to be a major problem. Mm -hmm. What we see within the church is a guilt complex that is being imputed 
because of this racial reconciliation fueled by intersectionality and critical theory that is distinctly different than what we see going on within the context of the New Testament. Here's the issue. You need to apologize for being white. You need to apologize for oppressing our group. And only one group that is being oppressed is being pointed out or prioritized as the main group. And only one group is being accused of being the oppressor it's a fundamental difference and here's the issue the justice that the gospel is speaking of is a different type of justice than what we see in the black lives matter issue of reconciliation right now yeah is the church speaking about the same type of reconciliation yeah and and justice that the culture is propagating. It's very easy for us to emerge in with this these calls for justice that are not grounded and rooted in biblical distinctions. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? And, and it's because of those unbiblical distinctions why we're in the why it's bad in the first place. So how can that's we stand next to those individuals yeah. that don't have the sense of justice? And that's the big issue. Yeah. What happens is, and, and this is my primary issue, what happens is we will have a a black brother or sister in the Lord, in Adam, or excuse mm-hmm. me, in Christ, that is now said, I have more in common with those who are in Adam and more in common with their definition of justice than I do my brothers and sisters in the church. Yeah. And that is primarily rooted in skin tones. And yeah. that's where the problem is. Does, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the other thing is like, you know, so so uh if there if there no oh, there is racism there are people that, yeah certainly that, yeah that do not like people whatever reasoning they have behind it they do not like people of a certain skin color now why would you then if they, if they're like that why would you accept the label so That's now right. we have people that are like well there is a blackness and then there is a whiteness and they're going at each other that's the problem is you have accepted the label from man from society the state your mom your dad whatever whatever man wanted you know put the label on you and you've accepted it instead of going like wait a second wait a second i am made in the image of god i have sinned i have been a a basically an emancipated bastard child And and god has done something through jesus christ that is amazing that brings me in unity with it, it crosses time boundaries so like i'm a brother to abraham he's the father i can call him the father, father abraham <laughs> yeah. yeah and really? i can have him um throughout time throughout well location like physical location all this kind of stuff and i can be united to a cloud of witnesses uh, because of jesus christ and reconcile and for and find forgiveness and and be not guilty because jesus christ died for that that's right, right. Um, so why would you accept a label from somebody else? And that's what we need to fight is the labels. Um, and, but that's going to expose foundational we're things that all, divide. We're for biblical yeah. justice. Yeah. We stand unif- unified with those in Christ fighting for biblical justice. And yes, that doesn't mean that if a certain group is being oppressed that we don't even say, and this is where I think that it's an important thing to designate, right? Like when I see, a 
certain category of people being oppressed, it's okay for me to recognize that there's a different category, but I am pursuing that with those in Christ according to a biblical standard of justice and not doing it because I have a greater love for a specific demographic or different ethnic group, but because I have a love for justice because I am yeah. in Christ with others in Christ striving for biblical justice. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and I mean, the big thing is, you know, for me is, you know, I've been sort of accused. I've not said either all lives matter or black lives matter, yeah. but I'm accused either for saying all lives matter or black lives matter whenever the real issue until we can come together or blue lives matter, whatever. If all these people can come together and go like, what is the real central issue? Justice matters. But when you say justice, that's going to bring you to the fact that you cannot found foundationally come together. And so, and so that's why you end up going to tribalism is because if you come to justice matters, you're going to have to have an invariant, transcendent, objective, absolute. And that should be yeah, your unifying standard. mechanism. But see, that's the bad thing though, is in this world, you have to come to that, and that is only because God, seen through Jesus Christ, who died for sin, you're going to have to admit that you're wrong. The, the black man, the white man, the red man, whatever color, you know, they're all going to have to admit that you are wrong, that you are a creature created by God and have hated him and submit to Christ's lordship. But, you know, that's not a bad thing because actually his yoke is lighter than the, than the burden you're carrying. And you're getting so tired of your burden that you're getting angry, but you hate God so much that you will not come to Christ for salvation. And then you're just going to try to find salvation in something else, and you're never going to be satisfied. No, I think that's good. Yeah. So, I want to make it really clear. We don't have some animosity yeah. with Carlos. No. But we do have a difference in at least the way that we would articulate and even, I think, prioritize how we would go yeah. about this. So, you know, so how, you know, how should we um, go to this? Guess what? You know, there, because man has created these things, um, we have created these labels and communities and, and, you know, have like traditions and all that kind of stuff. You know, how do I, how should I talk to um, a black person that has a heritage and stuff and still recognize their diversity? You know, and that I think that's where we need to go. Like, well, let's take a, you know, why why should the Jews look back? It's because they have a history and what God has done. Then Gentiles can look back and they have a history on what God has done. So you know you can one. It's one of those things. Instead of through intersectionality, you're viewing yourself as a victim and looking back and finding out where your victimhood is um, versus going. You know, um, where did God find you in the ghetto? Where did God find you? Um, you know, in poverty. Where did God find you in this? And so instead of looking for victimhood, look where God found you and where God has brought you. Um, if he's left you there and still dealt with you and, and grace and mercy, where is God in that? And I think that's, uh, you know, that's where I think um, I, we we're talking about this earlier. I know Vody Bakum has like went back to South Africa to get away from America because he's getting so much flack being a black guy who said that black people in America are like the most proper prosperous black people in the world and so you have a guy like that saying something like that and it's very harsh yeah to think about because there is injustice here you know and there there yeah. are people who are in positions of power that exercise their power abusively against you know you, if they are racist then they are 
exercising that abuse of power in a bad way, and we need to deal with that. It doesn't prove systematic racism. It just says that there are well, abusive people. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going yes, to switch something yeah, on the fly because yeah. I think this is a good little piece. No one. Is, so I, I want to touch base real quick on something we haven't really talked about. And that happened last Thursday. Not last Thursday. Not last Thursday, but the Thursday before that, which means we haven't had a chance to really deal with that. And that was when the Southern Baptist Convention retired the gavel that yeah. they had always used. Yeah. Now, here's why I want to deal with that. Um, Dr. Muller on the briefing this morning, I don't know if you got to listen to the briefing this morning, yeah. but he was talking about the different founders of different buildings, how there's buildings yeah. named well, after even them. That, yeah, Woodrow and Wilson so, is getting kicked off. Yeah, so this is yeah. why I have a problem with placating to the critical race theory intersectionality movement, right? When we say this gavel was used by slaveholders, we need to retire it. Mm -hmm. Then we need to rename boys college. We need to rename buildings. Where do you draw the line? And that becomes a real problem for Southern Baptist. Do we even rename the Southern Baptist convention because we were a convention named out of and born out of racism and slavery i mean so if we're gonna follow that thing of retiring everything that was used by slave owners we might as well close the convention right like we are done see here's the deal though in 2000 excuse me 1995 we offered an apology for the racist foundings of our denomination but that wasn't enough you see, you can keep kicking the can further and further yeah. down the road yeah. until you get to the ultimate end game for critical race theory for intersectionality, and that is overturning power structures. And that is why we cannot step into this. Are you going to understand some about race? Are you going to understand some about culture and even some about oppression from examining critical race theory or intersectionality? You'll learn something, but is there something that's worth bringing into the church, it bringing into the convention? And I'm going to say unequivocally no, because what's going to happen is there is no end game. Yeah. You're going to continue to have to Change, change, change. Well, now you can't be the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, now you can't name this building after this person. Well, now you can't name uh, this person's, you can't even have this person's book in your library or yeah. use their theology. And that's where we come to a real problem. And, and it was interesting because Mueller kind of begins to deal with that a little bit today, uh, but says, well, I'll only go so far. Yeah. And that's where we see a, a real problem on yeah. some of this. Um, and so, you know, where does, uh, where does Christ, where does the gospel come into any of this? And, yeah. and it won't whenever it's a worldview that's not proposed by anybody that's biblical. And yeah. then, so we're, again, can, are we going to syncretize with the pagans and bring this in and then lose the gospel? And that's the big deal. So here's my thought. Let's jump over to the meme that we have that we were dealing with. Let's record yes. that. And then let's do a second show. How's that? Oh, we can do that. So, yeah. So, we're going to go to the last meme. Yeah. All right. I hope I'm not like, I'm just like looking at the time. I was like, hey, we've actually done a really good job on time. Yeah. We've got two programs here. So, so." here we go. So, uh, with that said, we're going to go to memes, uh, the meme theology studio. So, here we are. All 
right. Well, that just gave you a preview to what we'll talk about on the next show. <laughs> yeah, I, I just threw Oops. a fast so, one yeah, at so we're gonna... uh, Adam, and I apologize, Adam. I know that was on the fly, but I was thinking, oh, man, because we will have those weeks where we will not be able to meet, and we yeah. can have another program recorded. We've yeah. got good, I think we've got enough content there. That'll be good. Yeah, so yeah, we'll deal with uh, this meme. So this, I think I saw it on the uh, Baptist Review. Um, somebody shared it, and uh, I think they were talking about eisegesis, anyone? Um, but yeah, this is a meme that somebody shared, um, and it says, evangelicals, what mu- or basically it's what the va- evangelicals are asking, um, what must I do to seek justice and reconciliation? And here's the applied biblical principle, I guess, according to, I guess, critical race theory. Uh, intersection Jimmy Butts. Of, yeah, Jimmy Butts, uh, Black Lives Matter, if he wants to be a representative of it, I'm not sure. But whoever Jimmy Butts is, um, he is saying that uh, sell all you have and give reparations to black people, and then you will have life. And then he says, evangelicals walked away sad because they were very rich from generational wealth built on slavery. So, so. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things yeah. I have going on at this thing. And so um, I'm not trying to drag uh, Mr. Butts through the mud, but he did post this publicly. So uh, beginning as we look at this. So here's where I would tell you that critical race theory serves as a worldview. Yeah. You cannot see scripture outside of the mechanism or the hermeneutic which is everything demonstrates or applies to throwing off racist oppression. Yeah. So the whole lens or the whole whole hermeneutic by which you're going to deal with the story of the rich young ruler found in all three of the synoptic gospels is, well, this had to be a thing, a statement on race. So according to his hermeneutic, he's doing just fine here. But as a, again, a Christian who wants to seek for a consistent, uh, a historical grammatical hermeneutic, I want to understand who this parable is or excuse me who or how this is going to be addressed and what it means for us as christians now he begins with this question you know again uh who are the evangelicals i guess in my mind that were supposed to seek racial justice and reconciliation who are they actually supposed to be asking see the reality is that we should be seeking reconciliation from god first and foremost and then from our brothers the problem with this is it starts with the idea that evangelicals must go to some type of oppressed group in order to seek reconciliation where reconciliation actually starts with being reconciled to God and then going to your brothers. So Christ has already spoken uh, as he is the ultimate source of reconciliation. And, and that is so clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, where Paul writes very clearly here, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on his behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. First and foremost, reconciliation doesn't occur. Oh man, I got to be reconciled with my brother. You're never going to have reconciliation or even desire true reconciliation with your brother or, or your sister in Christ or, or anyone in humanity in a real biblical sense until you're reconciled with Christ. Mm-hmm. So you can't expect a bunch of lost people and a bunch of Christians to have some type of 
serious reconciliation because there's the categorical distinction. There are people in Adam and there are people in Christ, and they are actually going to be at enmity with each other because those God-haters are never going to have peace with those who are, again, who have died with Christ and been raised to the resurrection. And so uh, the first problem is, who is it that you're asking to be reconciled to? Mr. Butts says, well, we, we, I guess we should be asking instead of God how we could be reconciled to others. We should be asking people how we can, how we should be reconciled to others. I hope that yeah. makes sense, Adam. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like why use the Bible <laughs> in yeah. that sense? You know, why, if, if, he, if, it, if Jesus isn't going to be in here, because again, sell all you have and give reparations to black people then you'll have life. Well, what does Jesus actually say? Um, because he's addressing the rich and ruler and u- utilizing uh, that principle. And so we've got to find it in scripture. But and that's what I want something. to say. Like, what yeah. does he mean by applied yeah. biblical principle? According yeah. to who? Yeah. Like, according to who do you apply this biblical principle? So in other words, when he yeah. references, and, and I looked it up and read it in Luke 18, like you've got all the parallels there, yeah. which is way cool. But uh, when he appeals to this story of the rich young ruler and he says that it somehow is equating racial reconciliation um he's missing the entire point because i don't see that anywhere in there at all yeah and so this is just you know material you know somebody's got material i want material things and there's no jesus and That's right. remember we got if we're going to apply a biblical principle we both have to follow jesus first and that's a that's actually the biblical application, the biblical principle here to the rich young ruler is to follow Christ. Um, you know, really, the rich young ruler was lying anyway. Whenever he said that he kept the law, <laughs> you know, because nobody can keep the law. Because especially the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says, "Hey, good teacher," and Jesus goes, "You know that there's no one good but God alone." So we forget about that. That's right. He's making a point there to the rich young ruler. That he is not good. Yeah. That, and the rich young ruler probably didn't really recognize this was my Messiah or this is the Messiah. Yeah. And so he was just approaching Jesus as a teacher. And so Jesus utilizes that not against him as Jesus saying that him as Jesus is a bad person because he is God and he proved himself to be God. But anyway, he's using this as a learning opportunity that no one is good but God alone. And this guy is saying, but I've kept the law. I'm good. And then Jesus says, you know, the one the one thing you lack is following me. So leaving leaving behind everything that you have so, and following Christ, that is the point. Bingo. Not to force yeah. racial so reconciliation this. on this or to contend that this even parallels racial reconciliation, you'd need to provide some type of textual evidence for that. And that's not at all what's being seen here, period. Yeah. Yeah, so this only goes to show our point that you can't be re- reconciled with each other until you are reconciled with God. That's right. You can't have reconciliation with God unless if you are going through Christ alone. And the other issue is uh, when you take this position, and I don't want to, I know you've got something, oh, but no, no, like, I go to this point where I'm we're like, good. okay, according to Mr. Butts here, what is the greatest need? Evangelicals must be asking how they can have Justice and reconciliation. Now, here's the interesting thing. I don't get any picture of justice from this, by the way. Justice according to what standard? See, this is the toxic issue. 
The greatest good is not reconciliation with God. The greatest priority is not fueled by, I want to have my sin atoned for and completely taken care of. It is, well, the topples that oppress need to be destroyed. Well, the greatest oppression is sin. Yeah. The priority is wrong. Is justice good? Yes. Is Reconciliation, good, yes, but ultimate reconciliation and the ultimate evil being destroyed should be sin and not racial inequality. You might say, well, that's real easy for you to say, Dave, you're a white guy. Well, I'm sorry, but Jesus is the one who has prioritized very clearly that he came to seek and to save the lost. This man was given an opportunity to follow Christ, but he demonstrated his greatest love was not Christ. His greatest love was his stuff. Yeah. And so the, the greatest really love yeah. then, or according to this standard put forward in this meme, the greatest love is to give me your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just that you've had stuff and I didn't get stuff. Bingo. And we're just fighting over stuff. And, and that is a reconciliation. Point. Yeah. And so then, you know, I really, this should reason why this is horrible because it's actually a threat bingo sell all you have and give reparations to black people and then what you will have life that's that is a counter gospel that and and not just a counter gospel it is a threat that's right this is saying that if you don't do this you're not going to live anymore since we're we're, we're, if we're going to apply the standard there that's the reality yeah or will i have eternal life because i do this i don't know because the text is talking about eternal life that's right. So do I so is this a different gospel that gives me eternal life or is this a threat that if we don't do this they're going to take my life? To which that turns it on its head. What about what about black evangelicals? Yeah. Oh yeah, it doesn't specifically say or, white or, evangelicals. Or what or, about yeah. evangelicals in other countries? Yeah. The split What about the, the Chinese evangelicals? What about the Korean evangelicals? What about the Native American evangelicals? Can they not be evangelicals? I mean, what is the issue? Because the problem is you don't even have, and I'm, I'm not trying to be like negative, but why don't you just say white evangelicals? Because that's what that's what you mean. But the reality is you're afraid to even say, I'm being honest, you're afraid to say white evangelicals, right? Because what you've done is you've grouped everyone. Well, I just mean, if you're an evangelical, you have to be white. Yeah, well, it's there's a, some I mean, serious problems that I have with this. Yeah, and I mean, it just it's a, definitely a misnomer in the community that you know Christianity is somehow a white man's religion. It, you know, just stuff like that. And I mean, there is. I'm going to say it's not going to say that there's systematic racism or anything, but there is an American gospel. Yeah, that's right for sure. There is. You know, and guess where yeah. it's destroying people in Africa. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, though. <laughs> you know? in, but it's in, not necessarily whiteness, though. It is definitely just a different symptom of sin and trying to uh, make your own intellectual tower of Babel and build your own kingdom. That's all that is. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach and before him. The reality is that Christ came 
to reconcile us to God. That man walked away from reconciliation with God in love for things. This meme is advocating for things to make reconciliation as Mm -hmm. a means of new eternal life. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, um, as the, as time goes on, everything that, uh, like Tom Askell, um, you know, the, the statement on social justice, everything that's been talked about for the past two years and people getting slapped in the face. Yeah. Now it's showing up and it's going to be too late. That's right. And so, you know, it's not that we're, we're sitting here trying to be victims now or no. anything. No, we're just saying it hasn't been talked about. Um, then last year we have resolution nine go through and it's all confusing and stuff. And now you are going to learn, and are you going to learn the hard way? Because you are going to end up living through this now. That's right. It's here. It's not going to go away unless if we make disciples who make disciples and it happens quick. Bingo. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying out of fear because we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to fear who can, the people that can destroy the body. That's right. Because we fear God who can destroy the body and the soul in hell. Right. Yeah. And that, really we have victory in the end anyway that's okay we can we can go into this optimistically not just to be optimistic and spiritual or whatnot no we got promises from god that we will be we will endure and we will be fine that's right through suffering Um, but it's one of those things i'm just letting you guys know it has been talked about in theory for a long time now we're seeing you're going to experience it and it doesn't matter who gets to be president the next time around, if Trump stays president, if Biden gets it, or if a third party gets it, whatever, this is around. Yeah. And we're not going to simply get rid of it. And but if, what can we do? We gotta if in the church we allow ourselves yeah. to be divided by racial lines, yeah. saying that one group is indebted to another group because of things that they never did and because of things that they never participated in, we have done nothing but allowed a outside worldview to split us internally in the church. That's why the primary categorical difference needs to be uh, in Adam, in Christ. Yeah. And so that comes back full circle with everything. And so, you know, whenever we deal with each other, we got to think about in Adam, in Christ, whenever we're in Christ, how do we deal with each other? And it's one of those things. If you are a black man and you are accosted by a police officer, we need to know your story. We yeah. need to know what's going on, but we're not going to defend you as a black man. We're going to defend, we're going to defend you. you as a Christian who has been labeled by society this and been treated like this. And then we're going to go Here. to that society and say, because you have created this stuff, you're going to die by your own hand. This is a brother in Christ. He's been yes. saved and you don't treat anybody like that. And if he's your brother, you don't stand in solidarity with him because of his color. That's right. Well, the you stand object- in solidarity because of his savior. That's right, dude. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's all. That, that's the best place to end there. Yeah. So yeah, we went we went long, so we'll uh, we'll get two shows instead of one. So we'll be back here in about ten fifteen minutes uh, um, with a live cast and everything, and everybody on the podcast that downslo- downloads this. Thank you so much for being a part. If there's anything, please interact with us. Um, I see you on Podbean now. Um, we yeah. see you on uh, YouTube. We see you on Facebook. 
we haven't done much with Twitter, but if there's anybody that's oh, a yeah. Twitter person, and I, then we, 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 yeah. we probably need to get a parlay, yeah. parlay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, account too. So yeah, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, interact with us. Let us know. Um, this is again, this is a long game that's discussion, right. um, and we do need to point out bad things whenever we need to have bad things, but we also need to allow for discussion instead of just being immediately reactionary. Let things hang, hang in the air. It's fine. Um, if God tarries to the next day, Lord willing, we can deal with it kind of a thing yeah. and sit back and don't be like the world and be so reactionary that you're lighting um, buildings on fire or metaphorically lighting buildings on fire. Let's be reconcilial instead of divisive and, you know, allowing time for this to hang in the air. I think that's kept the divisiveness uh, yeah. to a minimum. I, I pray with us anyway. So anyway, with that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.